and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Seb Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. And today on the show, we're talking about do you have an investor or a homeowner mindset? And what is the difference between the investor versus the homeowner mindset? And I think one of the biggest mistakes I see Kiwis making when they get into property investment is they still have the mindset of buying a house like it's their own home. Well, it could probably because people have only bought their own home uh, or uh, bought a house with the intention to live into it. Uh, and, and so you you automatically apply those biases that you've got in your mind about what someone wants in a property. Well, I don't think it's necessarily biases, but it's the way that you've looked at properties in the past. So if you think about... You know, How is that not bias? It, because it's not a bias. It's just the way that you've done it in the past. Bias is like, I'm a real estate agent, so I'm biased to sell you something. But you, this is about, hey, you've always done it this way. I'm not saying that you're biased. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're, it's just, just, in a, you're just in a mean mood today. No, it's just that you're wrong, Andrew. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you you're wrong, but not the listeners of the show. <laughs> but if you think about the first open home you ever went to, it was probably with your parents when they were looking at buying themselves. And it's probably, you've probably done this a couple of times. And every time you've ever looked at buying a house, it's probably been from that homeowner mindset or as a renter, not necessarily as an investor. And the trouble is that, you know, all of those factors that homeowners care about, they're not actually invalid, but they're often at the wrong end of the priority list. So this is where I see investors getting all of their priorities, all of their priorities in a muddle and end up making a poor investment decision. Now, Andrew, how does a homeowner or owner occupier think? Well, we tend to want to find a property that suits them usually for the next seven years or maybe even longer. So it's a long-term decision based on what their preferences are and usually their future plans. So an owner-occupier might think, well, we need to have a bigger house because what if we have a baby in the future? Or we need something with a granny flat just in case one of the in-laws wants to come and live with us or you know, what kind of things am I going to need as a family? Now, an investor has a completely different lens. They're interested in what's going to give them the best return. And I'm talking about return both on rent and on capital growth. So it's not about a property you want to live in, it's about the best investment. That's what a good investor is thinking. And I definitely see that a lot where homeowners will spend more money just to get a feature that they may just use at some point, like more space or a granny flat. Uh, another big one that I see is sunlight. So people looking to buy their family's forever home are very concerned about sunlight. It must be north-facing. And what I see is that some property investors are worried that their properties won't have enough sunlight or that it might impact its rentability. And it's usually not based off anything more than a gut feeling or, oh, it's not north-facing. So you might not actually know whether the property doesn't get enough sunlight, but it might just be a bit of a fear. Now, I want to be very clear. No investor wants to buy a dark and dingy property that no tenant wants to live in and that no one wants to buy in the future. <laughs> so I'm not saying go out and buy a dark, dingy property. But what I am saying is where should it be on your priority list and how much does it actually matter? So I actually went and looked at the research because surprisingly there is research about this. And there was a study from a company called Motu, which is an economic and public policy think tank and research company. And what they found was that every additional hour of sunlight adds about 2.4% of value to the property, right? So after you adjust for all of the factors about location and everything else, a property with more sunlight is a more valuable property. Properties that get more sunlight are likely to be more expensive. But what that study doesn't show is that properties with more sunlight go up in value faster. So, so if you've got a property that has all of the sunlight in the world, you will pay more upfront for that property and you will probably sell that property for slightly more. 
But as a percentage, your house isn't going to double in value any faster. So your return on investment isn't any more. You put more in, you get more out. But as a percentage, it's not a better investment. So what that means is that, you know, if your property is slightly more sunny, yep, it'll be more valuable, but not necessarily going to be a better investment. So I really, what I'm trying to do is put this in perspective and say, Sunlight probably shouldn't be at the top of your priority list. In fact, there's there's actually too much sun in my apartment. Is it? So, so oh, I read. Poor no, it's bloody awful because it gets way too hot. And I was actually talking to a, <laughs> one of my friends. They're like, "Yeah, my my house is too hot too. I'd rather have less sunlight." So I just want to put this in perspective. <laughs> Andrew, what's the second thing? Oh my god! Number two is buying next to a Kaiangora house. Now, some investors worry about buying a property next to or near KO properties or, or social housing. And the reason for that is because they worry about antisocial behaviour from the neighbours. Oh, I thought all KO tenants were, were gang members. <laughs> but That was clearly a joke just yeah, before anybody gets angry about that. And you've got to remember, Kainga Aura accounts for about 10% of the rental market. That's huge. So there are about 67,000 rentals owned by Kainga Aura, which is about 1 in 25 houses owned or rented by Kainga Aura. Yeah, that's specifically in Auckland. It's a, it's a bit different around the country. Like a place like Auckland has a, a much higher percentage of, of social housing and Kainga Aura housing because property is more expensive. If you go to somewhere really cheap, like maybe Pātea in South Taranaki, um, smaller town, rents are cheaper, so you don't have as many KO houses. So imagine driving down the average street in Auckland, every 12 houses you pass... One is Kaying Aura on average. It's yeah. huge, isn't it? It is. And, and so like every 20 seconds, you're going to pass a KO house or, or every 10 seconds if you drive like it. Yeah, yeah, if you're driving down the average street in Auckland. <laughs> um, so you could be in the market for the next 20 years. So regardless of what suburb you buy in, you might have a KO property next to you next year. Well, yeah, because you could buy it and you never know what happens next year. And that often happens with with with... Uh, any types of neighbours, right? You might say, okay, I want to develop, I want to buy a property in a place that doesn't have much development on the street. But under the new medium density rules, you can have developments anywhere. So again, we're not saying that, oh yes, just buy a property next to a KO house that has no sunlight because it doesn't matter. But it's just where should these be in your priority list? So we'll talk in a second about what should be at the top. The next one is about property size. And sometimes the best investment property for you might not actually be very big. And I, and one thing that especially people who are just starting out in investments, you know, they, they forget that on the whole, homeowners have more money than tenants. And that is especially true. If you own your own home and you're considering buying an investment property, you have more money than the average tenant. That is highly likely. It might not be in cash, but your wealth is likely to be better than the average tenant. And so you might be used to living in a bigger house than some of the investment properties you're looking at. And I think the main thing to remember is that the primary person who's going to be living in this property for the next 15 years is going to be a tenant. And often, tenants are pretty price sensitive. So they're willing to compromise on having a few less square meters in the property in order to get something that's really affordable. And when we've looked at the research, the three things that tenants want is a property they can afford with the right number of bedrooms in the right location. Actually, size of property is something they say that they're willing to compromise on. And I'll give you a really good example of that. Let's say you were looking at a studio apartment in Wellington Central. Well, you yourself might think, well, I'd never live in a, in a studio apartment in Wellington Central. I mean, there's no separate lounge. The bed is right in the middle of the room. Like, 
who's going to live in this? But actually, there are people who say, well, it's very affordable and it's in a space or a location that I really want. So for me, that's a really good rental property. And so I think we've just got to take perspective on on the range of different living situations people want and are willing to accept. So sometimes having the biggest, most spacious property isn't necessarily the best investment. Number four is school zones. And this is one that I see on a regular basis. So many Kiwis think that a property in a good school zone will make a better investment. The, the rationale to this, which I get, is I'm going to buy in a good school zone because it's going to be highly sought after, so it's going to go up in value much faster. Now, yes, buying in a school zone will make your property more valuable, but it doesn't have a significant impact on the long-term capital growth of that property. So you pay more to buy it and you sell it for more money, but the amount of growth that you get is pretty comparable to something outside of a school zone. And we found this in Auckland, Christchurch and Wellington. We actually did a podcast on that. Yeah, it doesn't help your house double in value faster. I think that's the thing you've always got to think with all of these things. Is more sunlight better? Yes. Is buying in a good school zone great? Yes. Is a bigger house going to mean a nicer property? Yes. But all of those things make the property more expensive, but it doesn't make the property double in value faster. That's the question we've always got to ask ourselves. Yeah, and on top of that, properties in school zones are selling pretty much at the same speed of properties that aren't in good school zones. So again, you've got to come back to, is this factor going to make my property double in value faster? And if it's not going to, then... You don't need to put any weight on this in your investment buying decision. Yeah, it's just, it shouldn't be at the top of your priority list. That's the main thing. And the last one I want to talk about is storage. Now, it's really important to to remember, tenants care a lot about storage. So when you look at the tenant surveys of what do tenants actually want, they say that storage is actually very important to them. But it's important to remember that typically tenants don't have as much stuff as an owner-occupier. I want to give you an example just to show you what I'm getting at. I remember talking to an investor, and they were looking at a townhouse that just had a car park. And they said, but where does the tenant park their jet ski? <laughs> the, the tenant's jet ski? This, this is, the, legitimately happened. This is what I'm telling you. Were they being serious? They were being serious. But tenant, like, and it was like an example of, well, what about all of their stuff? Where do you put the jet ski or, or the boat? I don't have a jet ski. Tenants definitely don't Tenant, a lot of the time. Most tenants. I would say, like, I'd almost put a wager on it. In fact, we will, Andrew. Be a, be a lot of money. 99% of tenants do not have jet skis or yeah. a lot of those those bigger toys that owner-occupiers have. Because remember, as I said before, owner-occupiers, especially if you're thinking about investing in property, you've likely got more money than tenants. Remember, they're not spending money on jet skis. A lot of people are, are trying to get by, build up their wealth so they can buy their own home. The problem with investors, especially if you're successful personally, is sometimes we lose perspective on what the average tenant looks like and the life that they live. So you don't necessarily need a whole heap of storage um, for for toys and things like that. Um, The other thing is if you're looking especially at something that was built in the last 20 years, Properties today are often have more storage than you probably think. You know, so modern kitchens, they've got cupboards up, up above the sink and below the sink, and then there's an island and it's got cupboards on one side, it's got cupboards on the other side. So sometimes when you're looking at a floor plan, you might not be aware of just how much storage is there in practice. You know, there might be a cupboard under the stairs and then there's a cupboard at the top of the stairs and every nook and cranny has as much storage as possible. Mm. Now, Andrew, a fair question to ask is, okay, well, what's the harm? 
say I want a property with as much sunlight as possible, not next to a kayang or a house that's a, got you know a massive property size or decent property size and a good tool zone with as much storage as possible. What's the harm in buying an investment property with all those features? Well, number one, it's going to affect your return. So higher price properties tend to have a lower yield. So the more money you spend on an investment property, the lower rental return you're going to get for that property. And all these extra features are going to make the property more expensive. And sure, it would have been a wonderful home for you and your family to live in there, but you're not going to live in there. So you need to be thinking about the return you're getting on your investment. And yes, a slightly more expensive property probably will fetch a slightly higher rent than average, but not enough to make it worth that additional spend. The other issue that people forget about is that if you just go out and buy a really expensive property, it can stop you from diversifying your property portfolio. I'll give you a really good example. We were just working with an investor who was thinking about buying a new build investment property. And they went on holiday to Wanaka. Oh, God. I know where this is going already. And they spent $1.4 million on a house in Wanaka. <laughs> now, that house is probably a wonderful house. It's probably a lovely property. It's probably a cottage, actually, to be fair, in Wanaka. But yeah. But a great property does not necessarily make a great investment property. And the issue there is that these guys will have one property, they've maxed out their borrowing. And they're going to have one property in one town in New Zealand. Well, what they've missed out on is being able to spread their risk and maybe be able to buy one property in Auckland and one property in Wellington or, you know, one property in Hamilton and one property in Christchurch or whatever other towns you're thinking about investing in. And so you miss out on that ability to have a foot in both races. So not only maybe did you buy the wrong investment property that it doesn't necessarily get the highest return, but you've missed the ability to have a more diversified portfolio. And we did a really good podcast only a couple of days ago talking about why this is so important. And so in 10 or 15 years, you might find that actually this was a really poor investment decision um, because you've now got so much money or capital deployed in one specific part of New Zealand. So look, Andrew, this podcast has been all about what should your priority list not look like when you're investing in property. So we're saying, look, sunlight shouldn't be at the top of your priority list. The biggest home possible shouldn't be at the top of your priority list. What should be at, at the top of our priority list when we are looking for investment properties? Okay, number one, does it get a good rental return? Number two, am I going to be able to hold on to this property for the long term? And number three, which I think is probably one of the most important, is it affordable for the bulk of tenants? Because seriously, if you don't have a tenant, you've got a real issue. And it's so true. The number one thing tenants care about when you survey them is, is it affordable? Can they afford it? Or is it going to be too expensive? And it's been really interesting. We've been, uh, we've got obviously got a property management company here at Opus, Opus Property Management. And we rent a lot of different properties. And the most interesting thing is a lot of investors say, well, aren't we building in New Zealand too many two-bedroom properties? But when we go and rent some of these properties, the two bedrooms tend to go first. And it's because they, go, they have a lower rent. They're more affordable to rent out. And so people will say, yeah, I'll take the two-bedroom over the three-bedroom any day because it's more affordable. It's going to be better for my bank balance. And that's the number one thing that tenants care about. And you, you, you shouldn't lose sight of that. And what I do want to mention is that if you are looking, especially for a new build investment property, uh, we can help you find one here at Opus Partners. It was really interesting on the Wealth Plan tour recently, Andrew. Some investors came up to me saying, 
I didn't actually know that if I want to buy an investment property, I can come see you guys at Opus Partners. I thought you just gave advice. Did you die inside? Well, I thought I had it done the job properly and maybe not getting the message across <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, and so I do just want to mention that is if you're considering investing in a new build property, you know, um, maybe you'd like to come consider having a chat with us here at Opus Partners because we help regular Kiwis grow their wealth through new build investment properties. And of course, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the property market. Until next time.